This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hello, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday, the 4th of February, episode 71, as I look out the studio window here from West 10 Audio Productions and I'm thinking, it looks like rain and my washing's on the line. That's not good, is it? That's not good at all. How was your week? Hope it was a good one. We see the coursing is back in Clonmel this weekend after a break of two years, so just like the old days, expect a lot of activity around the town. What well unto Rivsky, who've been nominated for two awards in the Guaranteed Irish Business Awards 2022. Congratulations as well to the Clonmel rugby team, who got their first win of the season, beating Omar in the AIL Division 2C League. I think they play, is it Derry, here in Clonmel on the 19th of February. It also turns out we are very happy with the cleanliness of the town streets after a recent power washing was carried out for the first time in 20 years. They are gleaming, aren't they? And on a sad note, I was passing by there the other day. Isn't it sad to see the doors of Heaton's closed in town? Big old skip outside with lots of fittings that have been thrown into it now. So uh, it's, it's sad that that store has now gone. So, what's coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast, I hear you ask. Well, I chat to John Casey about working for the Nationalist Sporting Press and also being a member of the Clonmel Scouts for many years. Colin Scanlon tells us about some pranic healing events coming to town, a rebirthing breathwork workshop from Nador Wellness Centre, scams doing the round, including one I nearly got caught out on. What am I like, for goodness sake? National Learning Networks, Open Days, Bingo at Hillview, and you know what, lots more great stuff coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast. And thank you for your company. The Clonmel Podcast. But first, I had a chat with Colm Scanlon about pranic healing and some pranic healing courses coming to Clonmel. And it's a pleasure to welcome to the Clonmel Podcast this week, Colm Scanlon, local pranic healer. Colm, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Mark. You're very welcome. I believe, let's talk about, first of all, the workshop that is coming to the Clonmel Park Hotel on Thursday. That's next Thursday, the 10th of Feb. Yeah, that's right. So on Thursday, we're coming up to the Park Hotel, as you said, to talk a little bit about what's called pranic healing. So pranic healing is a kind of a system of basically energy healing, which bases itself around the principle that we all have a physical body. You know, we have the, you know, the circulatory system, the nervous system, but then even medical science is able to measure some kind of an electricity or some kind of a current or some kind of an energy that actually flows through the system as well. Now, this is what people have been using for thousands of years with acupuncture, with, you know, Reiki, massage, all these different types of things tune into this energy in order to balance it. So pranic healing is all based around this principle. Now, in this workshop on the Thursday, we're going to talk about this energy. We're going to talk about healing, but we're going to have a two-hour workshop specifically focusing on mental health. So the workshop itself is actually called Three Steps to a Healthy Mind, right? So hmm. the whole workshop is geared around, you know, especially at the moment, you know, obviously everyone's been through an absolute ordeal over the last maybe year, two years. And this is going to be how to use energy in order to be able to boost your, you know, mental 
energy and also to clear your mind. What benefits will people get from coming to the workshop? So I love this workshop because mm. my background is in engineering. So I like take-homes. I like something that people can actually come, they can learn something, but then they can take something home with them. So in this workshop, we actually teach people three specific techniques that they can then take home themselves to number one, as I said, boost mental energy within their system. And then number two, also clear their mind. So three techniques to be able to help themselves with better mental health. This is on Thursday, the 10th of February, as we were saying earlier at the Clonmel Park Hotel. Is there a price on this column? Yeah, so it's 20 euro in. That's 20 it. Euro and you can, yep, the 20 euro and you can get those three techniques. And it's interesting to see actually one of the techniques that we're going to go through is you can look up the medical research on it because obviously nowadays we've got lots of, you know, different ways to study the brain. We've got MRIs. So they've done lots of experiments before and after this one particular exercise, for example. I mean, all of them have research done on it, but this one is very interesting because they've done studies on the brain, the hemispheres of the brain, and they can see that after this exercise is done, not only has the energy or the actual activity on both hemispheres of the brain balanced, it's also actually increased. So fascinating stuff. Also, if people have got an interest in pranic healing, there's a level one course coming up very soon also in the Clomer Park Hotel, isn't there? That's right. Yeah. So on the 19th and 20th of March, we're going to spend two days for people who they're interested in this kind of thing and they'd actually like to learn how to do this technique themselves. So as we said, pranic healing is a really systematic scientific approach to energy healing. So we actually take people through the step-by-step -step techniques. Number one, learning what this energy is, how it flows through the body, how this energy gets disrupted within the system by anything due to stress or by, you know, diet or whatever injury, then this disruption of the energy flowing through the body has a knock-on effect then of the surrounding maybe organs or part of the body. So this is how your energy and your physical body are interacting with each other all the time. So in the two-day course, you learn how this energy works, you learn the interaction with the physical body, and then you actually learn the techniques to be able to do this therapy on yourself or on others, which is a wonderful thing. So not only your loved ones or you know your friends or whoever that you can do the healing on, you can also do this healing on yourself. Now, for someone who has done this course, uh, I'm also a pranic healer, as you well know, I must admit, when I done the level one course, first of all, I was blown away after the weekend when I when I left the course because I couldn't believe the technique I'd learn to heal. Absolutely. The effects that you can have on your own life, not only the knowledge that's given, you know, I mean, this system all comes from a teacher called uh, Master Chua Koksui. And one of the reasons I love this system is because it's very, very generous with knowledge, which I'm sure you'll attest to. Mm. You know, we do try and give as much information as possible over the weekend, give people, a, you know, a whole array of ways that they can help themselves, their loved ones, physically, emotionally, uh, mentally. And I know the same as yourself, Mark, like when I got into pranic healing in the first place, a lot of it was because I wanted healing, right? I uh, mm. had different conditions, we'll say one that the doctor said, hey, this is genetic, you're just going to be fatigued and nauseous, you know, pretty much constantly. I had stomach ulcers. So, you know, as a, a young man, that's not exactly the news you want to hear. So I took this class in order to be able to do the treatments on myself. And as just like you said, when I came away from the course, I just spent some time doing healing on myself. I used the techniques on myself and, and, you know, within a short few weeks, I saw all the symptoms and everything started to clear up and I felt much better. And I, you know, I haven't looked back since. And this was very, you know, physical symptoms every single day. I was, you know, ill after most meals. I was fatigued, you know, multiple, most days. And 
uh, most days. So lots of things like that, that I saw a direct response or a direct change uh, to my life after I took this class. So I completely agree with you. After I took the course as well, I was amazed by how much was given and how much you could actually take home and use afterwards. And also, if you think you are checking in too much, there's a book that you also can pick up after the course too, which has everything in there, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. There's like um, kind of a manual. So we mm. do go through everything step by step. You get the handout on the day, but there's also a book that you can get, which will actually, you know, almost give you like a cookbook approach afterwards so that, you know, it's basically like a protocol. So you learn the technique on the weekend, but you don't need to remember everything. So once you actually know how to perform the technique, you can go home and then you can open up the book and there's a protocol for everything from, you know, backache to asthma to arthritis, you name it. And it's so easy to follow as well. Yeah, absolutely. You see, Master Choa, the actual founder of this, was also a chemical engineer. So he took a very, very systematic and kind of scientific or practical approach to all these different things, which a lot of the time can be quite abstract. And you have to practice for a long, long time to be able to kind of get the hang of the art form of these healing techniques. Whereas the way Master Choa taught it, as you said, it's very systematic, very, very easy to understand and super easy to follow the book after the class. How much is the level one course, please, Colin? So the level one class is uh, 340. Perfect. 340. 340 euro. Yeah. And I think if you actually come to the workshop uh, or if you book now, I think we you know within um, a month of the class, it's actually only 300. How can people so, book as well? So if you go to, there's a website, you can go to uh, pranichealing.ie is, is um, the website where you'll find usually my schedule. So the online Zoom and things like that. There's also a Facebook button on that, that you can go to the Facebook feed. And you can register through, uh, for the classes through that. Um, or you can contact me through that as well. There's also another website called Pranic Healing in Ireland, okay, which is basically all the Pranic Healing events that happen throughout the country. So the different instructors, the classes that go on, you'll see the schedules there. And also just to say, Mark, that people mm -hmm. can also contact Jenny Hennigan, who's in Clonmel practicing Pranic Healing. So, you know, a fantastic therapist if yep. anybody needs help. And she'll also have lots and lots of information if anybody has any questions on any of the upcoming events. And just one more time, when is the Level 1 course coming to the Park Hotel? So Level 1 Pranic Healing class is on the 19th and 20th of March, and you can book through pranichealing.ie. That's P-R-A-N-I-C, Pranic Healing. Pranic, prana just means energy, so it's essentially energy healing. Colm Scanlon, thank you very much for giving us all that information on the Clomer Podcast <laughs> this week. Mark, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you, Colm. So, like me, if you attend the Clonmel Swimming Pool on a regular basis, just letting you know that the pool will be closed from Monday the 14th of February, I know, Valentine's Day, until Sunday the 20th of Feb due to essential boiler maintenance. So, it's all off to Sandy Banks for that week then. Who's coming, yeah? <laughs> it's be freezing, no way. The Clonmel Remembrance Walk Committee are having a coffee evening on Tuesday, the 15th of February from 7.30 to 9.30pm in the Church of the Resurrection Hall, Feathered Road. You can find out about the walk and so much more. A donation of €2 Euro would be greatly appreciated as well, and there will also be a raffle on the night. Get more information on its Clonmel and More Facebook page or Thomas Ryan's page too.
The new Talbot Hotel, formerly the Clonmel Park, are having a New Beginnings Wedding Showcase on Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th of February from 9am to 5pm. This is invitation only and you can email weddings at clonmelparkhotel.com to get more information or go to their social media pages. Staying at the Talbot Hotel, an exploring wellness workshop takes place on Thursday the 24th of February from 7pm to 8.30pm. Tickets are €20 from event. Bright.ie. Des Bishop is also coming to the Talbot Hotel with his show Mia Mama, love the title, on Thursday, the 10th of March at 7 pm. Tickets on sale now at Hotel Reception or from tickets.ie. And you can hear more about this on next week's Clonmel podcast. St Mary's Camogie Club will be launching Sport for All very soon for children with additional needs from 6 to 12 years. All equipment will be provided and it's a weekly training session. Get more information on the website stmarysclonmel.com. A CPR demonstration on how to use a defibrillator will take place just out the road in Ardfinnan in the community centre on Tuesday the 15th of February at 8pm. All are welcome there. How about some bingo? It's Hillview Sports Club. Bingo. This coming Monday, doors open at 7pm with eyes down at 8. Tea and coffee at half time with €2,000 in the prize pot and €1,000 stands as the jackpot prize. It'd be nice to win some cash, wouldn't it? Here's something well worth popping along to at the South Tipperary Art Centre. It's John Kennedy's current exhibition, Edgelands. It runs until the 19th of February and the gallery is open from 10am to 5pm Monday to Saturday and admission is free. Nador Wellness Centre are holding a rebirthing breathwork workshop on Sunday the 13th of February between 1pm and 3.30pm. Find out more about the healing power of breath. Price is €50 and you can book or get more information by calling this number 052610496. That's 052610496. I did this last time it was on and no pun intended here. I was blown away by it so much, I know, I'm doing it again, so hopefully see you there. Sadly, some news on crime. A ride on lawnmower was taken from a shed in Kilsheelan. This happened between the 26th and 29th of January. Any information, please, to the Clonmel Gardaí on 052617640. There's also been an increase in bicycle thefts in town of late, with two more bikes being stolen. A black and white mountain bike with orange handlebars was taken from O'Connell Street on Tuesday night. And a phase mountain bike with a baby seat was taken from an estate near Queen Street during the week. Any information, please, to the Clonmel Guardian on 052617640. Now, here's a scam to look out for that involved myself. I was flogging some kettlebells on Facebook Marketplace. I've never done this before. Maybe you have. So got a message from somebody who said they would like to buy the bells, but they can't pick them up. However, they will send a courier to pick up the bells, who will give me the cash? Fair enough. I then get an email from the courier company, very official looking, saying that I have to pay the insurance for the bells by giving my credit card details. I thought, hang on a second, this isn't happening. I then got back to the person who wanted to buy the bells and said, look, I'm not doing this. There's no way this is happening. They then threatened to take me to court over all of this. So listen, just be aware, this sort of thing is happening. 
And don't give in to their threats either. Another scam that's doing the rounds that doesn't involve me is this one, but it involves websites that offer you hassle-free loans. So you go online, fill out your application, giving your details. They will even call you back from an Irish number to confirm your loan has been approved. But then, and here it comes, they ask you to make the first instalment in advance. Bang. So, of course, you've given your details and they've got your money. So please do be aware of this one. Ah, right, moving on from that, and I'm looking out the studio window right now, and the rain is coming down, and yes, the washing is still outside. Don't you hate when that happens? How about a good old night out? Moynihan's Bar is the place to be on Friday, the 11th of February, with singer-songwriter John Bleck. He'll be performing as part of their County Session series. John will be on stage at 9pm, and get your tickets for Moynihan's Bar or from clonmelworldmusic.com. That is going to be a brilliant night out. Meanwhile, this coming Sunday night at the Immigrants' Rest over the Old Bridge, Irish folk trad singer-songwriter Tim O'Riordan is playing. It all starts at 8.30pm, again set to be a good night out. If you fancy a bit of social dancing, well, the Feathered Ballroom is the place to be this coming Sunday from 8.30 to 11.30pm with Michael Sexton. The price is €10 and teas will be served. The National Learning Network on the Western Road has lots of courses on offer should you feel like upskilling. They have open days on Thursdays from 2 to 4pm. You can pop in, meet the staff and get more information and details on the courses on offer. Now, let's see, job-wise this week, what do we got? Well, Raheen House are hiring. They have a few positions on offer. A full-time head of housekeeping, experience required. A night porter, hours are from 10.30pm to 7.30am, that's three days a week. Full-time waiting staff with bar experience and a kitchen porter. You can call Mark on this number, 05261-22140 or email info at rahinhouse.ie for more information or to submit your application. Six Cents in Gladstone Street are looking for a flexi sales assistant. €10.50 an hour. It's part-time. And get more details on ie.indeed.com slash jobs. A housekeeping assistant is wanted at the Clonmel Park Hotel, now the Talbot Hotel. ie.indeed.com has all the details there. A pharmaceutical picker forklift operator is wanted at Store or Logistics based here in town. Once again, ie.indeed.com slash jobs has more. O'Reilly's Hair and Beauty Supplies at Gertner Fleur Business Park are looking for a part-time sales assistant. Hairdressing experience and advantage but not essential. Email your CV to neil at orhb.ie. That's neil at orhb.ie. Circle K, Prior Park Service Station, are looking for a shop assistant, 10.50 an hour. All the details on ie.indeed.com slash jobs. And finally, Curtains Garage are looking for a full-time mechanic, 35 to 50 grand a year plus overtime. More details on their Facebook page, Curtains Garage Clonmel Repairs Sales Tires. If you'd like to advertise a job on the Clonmel Podcast, it's free of charge. Just email Podcast at gmail.com. OK, time for this week's interview, and I caught up with John Casey outside the Nationalist newspaper where he worked for many years for a chat. The Club Mail Podcast. I've come to Queen Street and the old Nationalist office. I'm joined by John Casey. John, welcome to the Club Mail Podcast. You're welcome. 
So you worked here for 35 years. Yeah. But let's go back even further. You didn't start here, did you? Uh, started in the Sporting Press. Tell in, us about the Sporting Press. That was a different setup than the National Sporting Press. Well, when I joined it, we had uh, the Sporting Press paper for Greyhounds. And we also did the Munster Tribune. That was a kind of a, a mini nationalist. They were offices were opposite uh, Herald's Hotel. I can't think of the name of it. Oh yeah, where that restaurant is now. Uh, it's a good oh, start. sorry, Manny. Manny, yeah, Manny. Yeah, yeah. How can we forget that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where that's where they had their office originally. It lasted only a couple of years. Then it folded. Did you come straight from school then? As a, was it an apprenticeship you went for? Yeah, seven year apprenticeship. Wow, they, those were the days, John. Yeah, were the days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it definitely wouldn't happen now. It certainly wouldn't. Seven years doing... And what was the apprenticeship? What was it? I was in as a compositor. Okay, please explain what please that explain. is. Well, it's very hard to explain. In the old Britain, you worked with hot metal. The uh, linotype operators set out on their, like a, a keyboard and they pressed keys and little little brass stamps came down and each stamp had one letter in it. So as you typed, the word was formed on a, a row, depending on the size, whether you want a single column or a double column. And then that would go up and the, the, the hot metal would be a plunger. And each one was a, it's kind of a slug. An awful lot of uh, metal in a, a broadsheet as it was then. Yeah, yeah. Probably weigh 200 weight each page. Wow. How long were you in the sporting press for? 14 years. 14 years. Yeah. Good days, good memories? Well, I met my wife down there, so I made... Ah, <laughs> what was your wife doing there? She walked in the office. Okay. So... You kind of put the old charm on? Well, I don't know who, I don't know who, I don't know who put charm who on. <laughs> but anyway... Where'd you go on your first date? I don't have the clue. Ah, come on, John, you yeah, must know. I can't remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, what, 50, 50, how many years? I don't know what they had, 50, 50, so from the 55 years ago. From the sporting press then, you moved up to... Of the Nationals then in... Where was it then? In Market Street. Market Street, yeah. whereabouts? It would be opposite where Circles ah, is now. Yeah, yeah, okay. And where O'Donnell's Woodland Mills used to be as well. That's going back a good while, isn't it? That is going back yeah. a good while. Wow. And... So when did you join? What year was that? Joined in March 73, I think. Can you remember your interview for the job? <laughs> well, I can remember some of it. <laughs> I had a kind of an upper hand in the sense that I was involved, well, and still am involved with the scouts and the managing director at the time, Anthony Murphy. He was brother-in-law to the president, the president at the time, Chief Scout, Jim Halley. So... I was on the piece back before we started. You had a foot in the door because yeah, you were in with the door before scouts. I got there. Either. So you were in Market Street for, were they there for a couple of years? I was there for in? just one year only. I, mm. I think more or less exactly, I think. I think, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I joined in March and I think we moved up to Queen Street the following March. Which is where we are now. Yeah. And what was here? Do you know what was here before? It was the old fever hospital. The old fever hospital. Yeah. We're standing on, on, on sacred ground. I've heard so much about the, as it was named, the Fever Hospital. The Fever Hospital, yeah. I didn't know where it was, so we're here. Yeah, this right is now. it now. Oh. So you learn something every day, don't you? You do, especially talking to you, John. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you got the job in the Nashtis, where we are now. Yeah. What were you doing there? Same, same uh, job? Same, same job for a good few years. Well, uh, not that long, I suppose. And then they switched over from the hot metal over to paper, which was a big change. 
and I, I, I got the handy job. I was uh, the cameraman. So I did the photographs and any kind of artwork that was one for the paper, and I also made the plates for the print. I mean, back in those days, everyone bought a copy of the National. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the thing, yeah. You know, you'd, you'd miss out if you hadn't bought a copy. If you hadn't National got by Saturday, there was something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember living in London and my dad on a Sunday would go to Mass, we'd go to Mass, he'd go across to the corner shop, this is in the centre of London, and pick up the Nationalist. And yeah. it was a broadsheet back then too, Oh, it was, it? yeah, yeah. It was a broadsheet. We were, we, were, we were a good few years before we went to, to, to the tabloids. And then things kind of improved as he went along. When we went to paper then, because we, we had a new machine which did more up-to-date work, and we started doing experimenting on a bit of uh, spot colour, you know, putting bits of red and bits of blue in different things. Good days working for the paper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed every minute of it. Who yeah. were you working with back then? Jerry Murphy, Kevin Roots, Jamal Heafy, Red Burke, John Finnessy, Michael Powell, who else? Gabriel Aldous, John Carroll, and if you got him, Dick McGrath. There was, was, a, uh, was there a big compliment of staff back then? A lot of staff working here then? We probably had around, probably around 30, I'd say. I should have counted before I can remember it. Uh, big question is, John, did you have to pay for your paper? No. <laughs> <laughs> or an awful lot of people that I knew didn't pay for it either. <laughs> Handing out free that papers. Was one, <laughs> that was one of the things about the National. That when, you, when you went home on Thursday night, you, you had half a dozen under your elbow and you handed it out to the neighbour and your, your mother or your brother or whatever. <laughs> I listened to Ken Horn's podcast, podcast yeah. there mm. the other day. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. And... Uh, Ken mentioned all down the rink that, that when, when he was uh, walking down the rink, was, and the green sheet of stamps. At the time, I think you, I think you might get a sheet of a sheet of stamps if you got your car filled up. But I go down on a Thursday night and I give Ken a nationalist, and I get about ten books of <laughs> ten books of green sheet of stamps. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he kept that quiet, John. Oh, Ken Horn kept that he quiet. Ken didn't even remember that. <laughs> Ken had a lot more, more important things than, than that. What did you buy with the green show stamps? Absolutely not. Actually, would you believe... Where did you, to, where did you bring them? Down to Waterford. Yeah, down to Waterford. They had a shop in Waterford. So you went down there with your yeah, books of stamps? we probably got... I don't know. I mean, Helen used to do all that kind of stuff. It probably got a kettle or a toaster, toaster. or something stupid <laughs> like that. Actually, they were the thing, weren't they? I actually found, I actually found a bundle of them there about six months ago. I was rooting through stuff up in the loft. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're not worth that now. Well, do you know what you should do there? Your Tom, daughter Marie. Tom no, the fire. your daughter Marie. Yeah, give them to Marie. Is in the museum. And she can stick them up the window of the put museum. Them in, put them in the museum. Yeah, she'd love that. <laughs> Listen, you can't you can't get green shield stamps anymore. I haven't. Know? Well, except for you, of course. But then we don't know where they are. But anyway, <laughs> that's probably the book that Ken gave you when you gave him the paper that time. Yeah, more than likely. I'll <laughs> yeah. be with the dears. I mean, yeah, they were the big thing back then. It was green shield stamps. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. or remember you going? You went into a petrol station, and if you bought so much petrol, you got some glasses yeah. or cups or soup bowls or something. Yeah, you, you get all that kind of stupid. <laughs> So anyway, getting back to the paper, good yeah. days, good days. Oh, yeah, yeah. great days, yeah. I enjoyed every minute of it. You're also involved in the Scouts, I believe. Yeah. How long have you been in the Scouts? I'll be 58 years this year. 58 years. 
What made you join the Scouts? How did you get involved? My wife's uncle, Matty Hennessy, he was he had had to taken over as scout leader in the Fort Tip troop in nineteen what's year sixty four. I used to go down and do first aid classes with him over the previous 12 months probably. I got roped in. That was 1964 and I'm still there. Still there? Yeah. How have things, obviously not including the pandemic, how have things changed regarding scouting? Oh, well, we had a very bad two years. Mm. I mean, we, hadn't, we weren't on camp for the last two years, which was the first time since 1962. We had, what, 54, 56 camps up to when this COVID Hit the, hit the, hopefully this year, actually we were just talking about it this morning, mm. that hopefully we'll, we'll be going this year. How many members are in the scouting group in Clonmel? Well, up to, Roughly now. Up to the Cobra. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, the Cobra kind of shagged up everything. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, not, that's not bad language. <laughs> no, it isn't. I'm just laughing. I'm leaving this in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but uh, we, had, we had probably 250 before the Cobra. I mean, we, we have... We've, we've a fantastic strong group in town. We, we have eight sections. We have two beaver sections, two cub sections, two scout sections, adventure section, and a rover section. What benefits would someone have enrolling their child in a scouting group? They learn a lot, a lot of things that, mm. that you learn without, without realising you're learning. Mm. I mean, there's discipline, there's tidiness, there's self-sufficiency, I mean, right? When we go on conferences with the scouts, they're self-sufficient for two weeks. They do their own cooking, or mainly anyway. They sleep in their own tents. We have a programme, all right. Everyone is involved in it, and I'm definitely a bit biased towards it, but anyway, it's fantastic you knowing when you meet someone who says to you, well, John, how are you? And you look at him and say, are you, I, oh, yeah, you not remember me? I was in the scouts 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, that's nice though, isn't it? Oh, it is lovely. And the vast majority of kids that, that go through the system end up well. And that's, I mean, that's the thing we're kind of most proud of. I mean, that they all do well. They don't end up in jail. Or anything like that. Hopefully, anyway. And do you know what? It's great to meet new people. Especially oh, yeah, well, when you're young like that, isn't it? Well, you see, as well as Clamelden, I mean, in, in the region, we meet on a fairly regular basis from Kilsheen, Carrick, Care, at Finn, Valley Mac, Feathers, you know, for different activities during the year. So, I mean, they know people all over the place, especially now when, when kids will be going into secondary school. Someone will say coming from outside town in. That's well, great, though, isn't it? I know. To know someone. Cause I know. That can be quite daunting going into oh, a yeah, new I, school. I know, I know, I know yeah. three or four of my class still in the yeah. Scouts and Clamell or in the yeah. Scouts and... And it's, it's fantastic. And plus, we have to say, later on in life, it might get you in the door for an interview it, and a it, job. It, it, as it, it did to someone not too far away. Well, I'm <laughs> I, I not going to mention anything. In, in this building here where we are. Well, this building, I don't think this building will be here any. But I, I do know there, some years ago, a leader was, was looking for a, a job. And he went for interview and... When he came out, I asked him how did he get on. I said I haven't a hope. He said there's there was an ex guard went in. There was a few other people went in. And I said well, what are you? I said uh, what? I said I'm in the scouts. And he got the job. See, it pays to join see, the scouts. We're normally trustworthy, <laughs> helpful, and well, cheerful. You associate that with the scouts, don't yeah. you? You know. So if somebody does want to join the scouts, John, or enrol their child. How do they go about doing it? 
Because down any Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night or Thursday night. Where are you? Down in the Scout Hall, opposite the old Common Arms Hotel, beside Treaty Electric. And uh, just go in and have a chat with one of the leaders there. And the beavers are on Tuesday night and Wednesday night from half six to half eight. Excuse my ignorance. So the beavers are Be- the younger kids? Are, are, are the youngest. They're from six up to eight. And then what you go after that? The cubs. Cubs are on a Monday night and a Thursday night. And they're, again, just go down and uh, speak to one of the leaders. Or you can ring them up, get the name. And the scouts are on uh, Monday night and Thursday night. And the ventures are on Tuesday night. And I think the, and the rovers are on a Tuesday night as well. The ventures will be the 15 to 18 year olds. And the rovers are 18 plus. Rovers are kind of fellas that are going to college and haven't got a kind of a regular time scale now to come down and they kind of, they have a kind of more flexible program than from the rest of them. And as you said, it's been quiet the last two years because of the pandemic. So hopefully this year. Well, we started back and things are picking up. Mm. We hope to go on camp this year, please God. Any plans where you, you hope to go? Well, we know we, we have three places that we kind of switch. We go to Fetterton Sea, uh, Cairn, both down Wexford, and in uh, Ardmore. So hopefully it'll be one of them. Is it free to join? In this case, there's registration, insurance, in everything nowadays, insurance. Of course, yeah. We, up to, up to this year, we paid the insurance for everyone. Insurance works out as 65 euro per head for man, woman and child. So this year we had no funds for the last two years, so we brought in a new rule that anyone coming down now will pay 50 euro. We cover the other 15, so... And then there's a weekly subscription of three euro. And how do you, apart from what you just told me there, otherwise, how would you raise money for the scouts? Fundraising. Yeah. Flag day. Church gate collection. You know, they, they were all gone. And we have the, the, the biggest one is probably the Christmas raffle. That's a national fundraiser. And we get 80% of the take at Christmas. It's expensive. It is like most things to run that yeah, you're not getting mean, any government funding yeah. from anywhere, so you have I mean, to try and raise some funds. I mean, a tent, I mean, a tent will cost you the bones of a thousand euro now, mm. and it's only a sheet, of, a sheet of canvas and a couple of poles. So I got nice luxury tents now, John. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, we, <laughs> you go, we, we don't have them, no. But uh, <laughs> no, no. But, but uh, apart from that, I mean, the crack that the lads and girls, sorry, it's boys and girls. The crack that they get out is, is unbelievable. I mean, it's absolutely... It seems like great fun It's as fantastic well. not to be around, on camp particularly. We in Clamette have a kind of a, a, a unique, different system than anywhere else in the country. Whereas we take all our leaders on camp if they want to go. The Beavers, Cubs or Scouts and their partners, wives or husbands. No one else does that. Most, probably most troops, I'd say, when the scouts go on camp in the summer, just the scout leaders would go and there could be probably maybe two or three of them. We often had 40 or 50 
leaders on camp between wow. the all the sections. Everyone comes along, everyone gives a hand if you want to cook dinner or wash up or whatever. In the last couple of years, about what, three years or everything, maybe four years, they brought out new rules that everyone coming on camp, whether it's your wife, your husband, partner or whatever, have to do all the scout courses. So they all did them. That's brilliant, isn't it? So I mean, it just tells you I mean, how popular that they gave up one full weekend and I think one or two nights to go on courses so they could qualify. I can imagine it being all sitting around a campfire somewhere. Oh yeah, singing, well, we, well, telling jokes, telling stories, well, toasting camp, marshmallows. I have to buy them still. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a great track because I mean they really enjoy it, and I mean they make friendships that, that'll last a lifetime. So there you go. It's well worth signing up to join the scouts. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, I'm in it what fifty-eight years this ah, year. Go away, John. Yeah, you don't look it. I know, yeah, but I'm still. <laughs> I, I just, I'm starting to feel it. <laughs> well, do you know what? It's it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Yeah. We're here, as we said, back come full circle outside the nationalist office. Well, it's when still did, here. <laughs> while, again, while it's still here. When did you leave the paper? I think it was the 17th of October 2007. We all made redundant. You were made redundant. Yeah. As I said, and I had a bypass on the following Monday. No way! Oh my God! Again, you look great on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, you, you, you thrive on it. 30, 35 years. You were here thirty-five years. Yeah, and I was only blowing. And you were blowing. Yeah, because you're not from Clonmel, are you? Well, well not really. Well, well uh, I'm nearly. Yeah, can only say I'm here for seventy years. So I'm, you might as well be. I think I came from Dublin. I think to seven, seven or eight years of age. What brought you from Dublin? To Clomel, if you don't mind me asking. No, uh, no, my father, my father and mother were from Clomel. Oh, there you go then, same as yeah. me. God. Yeah, my mother was from Cashelor originally, my father was from Kickham Street. And they went to, I don't really know why they went to Dublin, but my father had a shop. In Dublin? In Dublin, they had uh, bacon shops, mm. pigs. Mm. And for some reason that we don't know about, mm. it went bust so mm. he came back to Clonmel in the Clonmel Foods Chappies. Ah, which is again no, a, another, no, no another longer butcher. with us. A, a big butcher. Yeah. And that's yeah. gone too. Well that's gone as well. So that's And how, how old were you then when you came to Clonmel? I think it's about seven I think. What school did you go to? St Peter and Paul's. Yeah. And then? I spent a few months at the high school and then I, yeah I was I think a year in the tech and then I, I kind of I got the job. Got your apprenticeship didn't yeah. you down in Sporting yeah, Press? I, well, I was in the tech, I think I got the job in the Sporting Press. And you said you've been here now for how many years in Clonmel? We're 70 years. So you're in Clonmel now 70 years. Do you have a favourite part of the town? Yeah, where I live. Where's that? <laughs> Haywood Heights. Haywood Heights? Yeah. Anywhere else you'd like to kind of go and visit? You think, I like this part. Maybe go for a walk down the Blue Way or Patrick's Well or Marlefield? Up the woods and mountains around here, you can go better than that. Do you know what? You can't, can you? And during the COVID, it was absolutely... Get away from it all. Well, you met everyone up there. People, <laughs> social distance. Of people course. have been up. People. I mean, we have fantastic amenities around Clonmel. Mm, we're very lucky. We have. There's probably twenty or thirty different walks in the woods and the mountains. Mm. We're, we're all, within, all within five kilometres. Yeah, yeah. Well, well when on. you start on it, yeah. maybe exactly. not when you finish. But you know. And technically, you know yeah, that te is technically if you cross the bridge into the old bridge in County Waterford. Yeah, yeah. So we were okay when that county thing came in, weren't yeah. we? <laughs> <laughs> we were close enough. 
if we were to stop. Where do you I, live? The old bridge, Clonmel, Waterford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I mean, we're, we're absolutely best here. It's amazing. I mean, we have Cairns Castle out the road. I mean, mm -hmm. that's only, what, 10 minutes out the road? Yeah, that's all. I met people who had never been in Cairns Castle before in their life, and they were from Clonmel. Yeah. And during the covert, they found all these places. Oh, yeah. Isn't this fantastic? That's unbelievable. How long it? is that here? Yeah, it's like it's like where Marie works in the museum. Yeah, that people from the town have not even visited the museum. Oh, and yeah, it's an yeah. amazing place to go. It's yeah. steeped in history, local history. It really is. Oh yeah, and they say, oh yeah, I, I must go over there someday. Yeah, someday. And soon your green shield stamps will be in there. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Sell them anyone, anyone. eBay. You make a you make a load of money. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> now, give me ideas now. <laughs> well, John Casey, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story on the Clonmel podcast this week. Thanks, Mark. Nice to meet you. The Clonmel podcast. Top man, love that interview. Thank you, John. So there we have it. That is the Clonmel podcast for this Friday, the fourth of February, twenty twenty-two, episode seventy-one. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email the Clonmel Podcast at gmail.com. You'll find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And, of course, on the website, www.theclonmelpodcast.com. I'm off to take in the wet washing. Have a safe week. Look after one another. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.